Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about something that is very interesting in the podcast is, is your art in a vacuum? What does it mean? What does it mean? Um, to be honest, like I wrote this down and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. And this morning I can't remember what I'm going to talk about. So I figured we'd just go through the process of really thinking about why why you would believe that your art is in a vacuum and what that exactly means. Obviously, I think that can mean different things to different folks. Yeah, it, it could. Basically, the way that I'm approaching it during this podcast is like where you are, you feel like you're in the vacuum of space, essentially, that you are putting your stuff out there and like... It's not reaching anyone. Yeah, nothing is happening. Even if it happens to be traveling at light speed. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, we all know that in space there are no sounds. And that's what it sometimes feels like when you are approaching this thing and putting your stuff out there. I I feel like this is kind of adjacent to your art in a bubble, which is, in my mind, that's like where you've reached an audience, but you're having trouble expanding your audience kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Mary and Adrian and Tish and Sue. Hi, you guys. So for everybody listening to this at home, we have our amazing rogue artist family here. And they're going to be giving us their insight, questions, and anything else that is just brilliant that comes from them. So if you hear us reading comments, that's who we're reading comments from. So uh, Tish says, my glitter is in my vacuum. Does Does that that count? count? (laughs) Well, if there's glitter in your vacuum, then... That's better than a vacuum without glitter. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be clear, like, it's not like you you got vacuumed up and you're trapped in a vacuum. Although that could be a good analogy as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you decided to put yourself out there and then you got vacuumed up and, you know, then nobody could see you. Yeah. I guess however you choose to visualize it, right, we don't really want our art to exist in a vacuum. We want people to encounter it. (laughs) That's the goal. Hi, Mary. How are you? Thank you for being here. I'm sorry to hear about your husband. Yes. Big, giant hugs and love out to you. Yes, most definitely. So let's get back to uh, what I think it was that I wanted to discuss when I was thinking about the vacuum stuff, right? So you're in the vacuum of space. You decide that you're going to put your artwork out there. You decide that you built a website. You decide that you were going to do this whole art career thing. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then you start posting, right? You read somewhere or watch a video where somebody in a bandana is telling you like, go ahead and post your stuff on social media. Like, don't be afraid to share your stuff. And then you start doing it. You decide to sign up for a show and nothing happens. So you're, you feel like you're in internet Siberia or you're uh, not getting traction at shows. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing is happening. And that kind of thing could be really discouraging for Mm -hmm. someone, Um, especially because when you first get started or even if you've been doing this for a while and you decide that you're going to like, I'm going to really, really put my stuff out there and I'm really, really going to jump into this with both feet. um, I think that there's this misconception that if you do that, that all of a sudden things just pick up, like next thing you know, everybody knows who you are. And the truth is that it doesn't work that way. I think about that because, like, we've been doing this for a while and we literally release our 
content and art and everything everywhere, in person, online, several different platforms. And, you know, I have my calendars that I posted and it's not one of those things where you post a calendar, you know, you're like, oh, I'm selling a calendar for 2024 and you post it and it's one and done. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, You know, you have to repeatedly make sure that you're sharing that and have some kind of plan put together for sharing the artwork that you're sharing more than once. It's like um, it's like adding purple food coloring in a into a swimming pool, right? One drop of purple food coloring is not going to turn the swimming pool purple. Two isn't going to do it. A hundred, a hundred probably isn't going to do it if we're talking about a swimming pool. I mean, pool. a swimming pool is really big. It's we, really big. We could probably use the fish tank. Let's make it a fish tank because <laughs> a hundred drops is going to get you some it's gonna it's gonna get you some traction but basically what i'm trying to illustrate is like this is like picture each thing you're doing as like a drop of purple food coloring in a fish tank and like if you're wanting the water to be purple you're going to be repeatedly adding the purple yeah yeah uh better to think about a fish tank or even a cup yes sorry for that overwhelming (laughs) illustration of a swimming you're not gonna sell any calendars unless you put a bazillion purple drops (laughs) no um yeah let's scale it down a little bit tish said i feel like everyone tries to put me in a box this is the art you create you can only do that flop that and all the things may not be great i'm sorry i'm butchering may not be great at all the things but oh flop and well yeah um here's the neat thing if you're doing one thing and and you want to do and you are doing many things and one thing has traction sometimes you can use the thing that has traction to also talk about the other things that you're doing yeah i mean why not and that's the that's the beauty of it right so like um To be honest with you, Tish, I don't think that everyone tries to put you in a box. I think that the people that try, because we have that in our own brain, right? Um, I remember in the beginning, like I wanted to do a different series than what I had done because I got relatively popular from doing the Me and It series and my Seasons of Change. People really, really loved uh, my trees. And I, I love creating my trees, but that wasn't all I wanted to create. And so I remember, you know, having getting started at the at the market with all these trees and like people love them and they were all different sizes and different prices. And so like people started to come out and look for the trees specifically. And I was kind of afraid to like share anything else that I did because it felt like, well, if it's not, you know, the tree is the thing that's popular. And if it's not the tree, it's going to confuse them. I mean, think of how many times you've heard uh, artist gurus say, like, stay specific to one thing, because if not, you're going to confuse your audience. Humans just aren't that easily confused. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I never had to, I think the biggest hurdle was my own brain and my own thinking of what would happen if I did this thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're saying flop that and oh, flopping well. And for, you know, I agree, except it's more so directed at my own brain telling me like, this is what everybody wants or this is what everybody expects. Your inner corporate manager needs to settle down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like when you really think about the vacuum concept of it, 
Sure, if you're approaching just one thing and you're putting it out there, that kind of limits you to um, the other possibilities that there would be. You I know? think it's okay to start there, though. Yeah. With one thing. Oh, absolutely. So as to not overwhelm yourself. Adrian said, I remember the first time putting stuff out there, I was so worried I'd be overwhelmed. Nope. It seems to adjust to your level of being able to handle it. Oh, that's so good. Yes. That is good. And I agree with that. If I think about me a decade and some change ago and what things looked like and felt like and what I was able to handle versus what I'm able to handle now, if my career had looked then like it looks now, I probably would have quit. Because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And I feel like it does grow to the level that you're able to sort of manage. Yeah, because that's the truth of it. Like, you know, you start doing shows, you know, and these are all great problems to have. You start doing shows and like nothing's happening and then you're creating more work and then nothing's happening. And then something starts happening and then you start doing shows and you booked yourself for them or you're doing a virtual show or an in-person show. And then next thing you know, you sell a bunch of pieces. And then you're like, oh, shit. What do I do? What do I do for the <laughs> next show? Like, I, now I have to create more stuff. And, like, I think really it's good to get started off slow because you're going to want to ease into that position, right? Because we go into a lot of stuff with these preconceived notions of what's going to happen. And then we find out that it's, it's actually not that hard. And you just, you just course correct as you go. Uh, kind of like what Adrian, Adrian's saying here. Cindy has a question. I'm struggling to stay motivated promoting my store, but not to be obnoxious about it. How do you stay motivated when nothing is happening? Uh, so the way that I stay motivated, and this is a great question, Cindy. Mm-hmm. The way that I stay motivated when nothing is happening, where it feels like I'm in a vacuum, and trust me, it still happens a lot. It still happens a lot is I post my stuff and I give myself a very, I guess it would be a very analytical way of seeing the promotional part of it, right? So it's like every, you know, right now, every week I'm going to share something about my calendars, whether it's a blog, whether it's a social media post, whether it is in a video, something is going to remind people, you know, the deadline for the pre-orders is December 1st. Right now, for anybody that's listening to this podcast, order my calendar. Just go to rafiandklee.com. See, like, that's that's me promoting my stuff. I don't see it as being obnoxious. Let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is that, you know, somebody might run into that post or somebody might um, hear you talking about, you know, you're promoting your store and they're going to forget. You know, they have things to do that day. Uh, maybe they, they heard it and they're like, oh, you know what? I'll go to it later. I'll check it out. Oh, she has the sale. Like, I'll check it out later. And then they forget. And I am always very, very grateful to people that remind me. Because it might if it's something that I'm not interested in, it's not going to bother me. I'm just going to be like, okay, I, I just ignore it. But if it is something that I'm interested in, I want to be reminded that it's there. That it's there. I want to be reminded in case I forgot. And if I did partake in it and did go and then somebody re-reminds or whatever, that's not going to bother me either. You know, I think a lot of us, when we're looking at that stuff, you know, you got to think about it. People that are subscribed to our blog, subscribe to our blog. People that watch the YouTube videos is subscribed to our YouTube videos. 
people that, uh, you know, we're not sending out spam. People that follow us on social media, they follow us on social media. So if somebody gets upset because I post in my calendars, you know, once a week, then that's on them. I'm like, great. Okay, bye. Because I want people that are interested in what we do, uh, whether it's selling a calendar or not. You know what I mean? So it, it, it really falls into that place of like, you know, part of not being in a vacuum is ruthlessly sharing who you are and what you do. Ruthlessly. Basically saying, you know what? I love myself so much that I am going to put it out there because I want people that love what I do and who I am to partake in what I do. And I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm not going to stay quiet about it. And that's my biggest thing when it comes to promoting myself. Like, I am here, damn it. And I'm going to tell you, look, look at this thing that I have. Now, that being said, the promotion isn't random. It's not just, hey, go to my store um, because I have art and jewelry. You know, it is usually like there's a new series that I released. I just released a new calendar. I want people to get the calendar. Uh, we're going to have a virtual show. So, like, we're going to promote our virtual show mm-hmm. more than once. And even with the calendar, every time you posted about the calendar, the post was a slightly different facet of what's going on with the calendar. Yeah. Um, such as, uh, like, hey, check out this thing I just designed for the calendar. Check out this little fun bit that I'm including with the calendar. Um, and so on and so forth. Yeah, in fact, because um, I was thinking about next week, like, all right, I want to post the the calendar again. And um, I'm thinking that for everybody, because I so appreciate everybody that ordered uh, the calendar thus far. Like, mm-hmm. we have sold half of the run that I was putting in for the pre-order. So, like, I'm really, really grateful. And I was like, you know, I could probably design a – it'd be really cool to design a poster – that will go with the calendar. I think I'm going to do that. And it's not going to add too much cost to the printing for the calendar. So I was like, yeah, I think I'll do that because that would be a really cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. So the next post, when I when I promote it next week, I'm going to be like, for everybody that ordered a calendar, thank you so much. I'm including this poster with it. And for everybody that wants it, like this poster comes with the calendar, right? It gives me another thing to talk about um, when it comes to it. It was the same thing with our show. When we were promoting our show, we had the ability to promote our exhibition many, many times because every weekend we were doing something new. We were playing music at one weekend. We were doing a live painting at one weekend. A book reading. A book reading and and things like that. So it's it's thinking about ways to promote yourself and what you do, but it has to be something specific that you're doing that you're excited about. That's... That's pretty much the way that I look at it. Because then at that point, it doesn't just feel like um, mindless self-promotion. And if you share why you're excited about it, that also helps people understand why it might be exciting for them as well. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just as simple as saying, like, I'm really excited about this calendar because we have a bunch of fun, silly holidays to celebrate all throughout the year. Right. So people that are looking for a place to be able to see those fun holidays and some empowering stuff are going to maybe think, oh, maybe this is the calendar for me. This is the thing that I want. I want a motivational quote every month and I want fun holidays to Mm -hmm. have fun with. 
Anhan said, I feel like I'm not in a vacuum as much as I need to find the time to promote, make my art, and still run my life. It's growing. It's just slower than I want. Well, appreciate that because, I mean, you know, the fact is that if it's growing, then it's growing. Then you're heading in that direction. Um, Obviously, you know, you, you and I have had conversations on our Discord server quite a few times. And I know that you're not in it for the quick fix. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in it for the long haul. A lot of times um, the, the idea of finding time becomes very, very stressful. And the part of promotion, promoting yourself, right? Getting out, not, not so much being in that vacuum, but even getting out of that vacuum a little bit more by doing new pr- promotional stuff is that a lot of times when you look online at promotional stuff, it's like this time consuming shit that you're not even sure Um, Where you're like, yeah, exactly. And like really promoting is just word of mouth. It's just talking about something. So like it's deciding like, you know what, every every Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to post something about the calendar, you know, or at least once a week, I'm going to post something about the calendar. Um, I've got this new art show coming up next weekend. Um, You know, I want to say something about it or two weekends from now, I want to say something about it this weekend and the next weekend. And quite literally, it takes you it should take you like less than five minutes to post across the board. Assuming you're posting the same update on all the channels. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's what I do. I just put I keep it easy because basically it's somebody might miss it here, but catch it over here. Somebody might miss it there. Catch it over here. I just want to update people on stuff and mostly I want to you know put it out there as a record for myself so I could see you know I feel like a badass when I see myself promoting stuff that being said I've made it very very easy for myself like I said it takes me five minutes to post across the board um usually when things are going a little bit slow I tend to work on a new project to keep me going and that goes back to Cindy's question So I've got the calendars. They're being promoted, right? That's the analytical side. I'm going to promote it once a week. Now I'm off on this project, right? This is the next project that I'm going to promote, which for me is going to be the the Me and It meditation series, right? So I'm going to do uh, the Me and It's in a square, and they're going to be meditating, you know, all different and goofy and fun and stuff like that. So That'll be something that I'm hoping to have ready by the time we do our virtual uh, online show. So, you know, my focus is on that. This thing is out there. It's doing what it needs to do. So my only focus on that is to like, all right, let me mention it again. Let me mention it again, because there is a limited date until people could order the calendar. Mm -hmm. So like I'm going to I'm going to mention it several times. Adrian said, I had a designer come into the booth I was selling from at an antique store, bought my whole booth, and I had to move out. That was a freak accident I wasn't ready for, and I had no backup to refill. Isn't that great? It's both great and horrible when that happens. (laughs) Indeed. I've had had something similar happen. By the way, congratulations on that, because that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've had had stuff like that happen where, like, I, I have a really successful day, and next thing I know, I look up, and, like, I barely have anything on the walls. And we have something scheduled the next weekend. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm, I guess I'm taking out like four or five pieces to the next show. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, you always figure out when, when, when something happens like this, right, it is great. And then in real time, you figure out what you're going to do because we can all speculate what we might do in that situation until we're blue in the face. But, like, when the time comes to handle it, we always do, right? Because yeah. we're still here and we're still doing the art thing. Back to social media, I... Uh, we were just talking with the kids yesterday, actually, and kind of laughing about how sometimes when you overthink your posts, like, those are the ones that get ignored. And then when you just, like, throw some stuff out there that you're, like, excited about because you were just having fun, like, those tend to be the ones that get the traction. And we all kind of had a chuckle about it because it kind of tends to be true. And I think there's also something to be said for putting your focus, post across the board, but put your focus where you feel most good. Mm -hmm. Our Rogue Fam member, Corey, has really been on a journey this past year or two to figure out which platforms make him feel good yeah. as opposed to feeling icky. And I would say post, you know, primarily put your focus in those places where you don't feel icky or like you're drowning in overwhelm. And then just copy-paste everywhere else and yeah. don't even worry about That's it. That's pretty much what I do. I post on social media and then I copy my text and then I go to the other platforms and just do the same post. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the reason that it takes I, I put uh, Instagram is what I use. Instagram is my main place that I go to. That's mine too. To post stuff just because it's easy um, and it really lets me lay out what I want to say. And then I go ahead and share it everywhere else. I, and that the way that I share is just copy-paste. I copy the text, go upload the picture or whatever it is on the next one, and just paste the text and then move on to the next one and the next one. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm usually done within five minutes. Depends on the internet speed, honestly, uh, whether it takes me like True. two minutes or five minutes. But I, I think really at the end of the day, the amount of traction that you're building has everything to do with the beefiness of your t of your tires. And by tires, I mean like what you're putting the, out there. The beefiness of your tires. Um, the more ways in which your stuff is going out there, shows, blogs, podcasts, social media posts, videos, yada, yada. Uh, obviously, the more you're doing, the more traction you're going to be getting. But you know, I guess the work there is to strike that balance between getting the traction and not being overwhelming on the promotional, like to yourself, I mean, not overwhelming yourself. I'm curious. I'm going to throw a question out there to the rogues. Um, how is it when it comes to your social media posting, do you agonize over what you're going to post? Or is it just kind of you just post whatever, whatever it is that you're thinking about or feeling that day? Um, go ahead and, and let us know because I'm, I'm curious to see uh, as far as like a statistic. I'll like... answer your question while the rogues are typing their answers. I have historically <clears throat> agonized to great lengths over my posts. And it is something that I am working on. And anybody that follows me on Instagram knows this because I've talked about how I agonized and feel stressed out about it. And um, it's something I'm actively working on because I agree with your perspective. I agree with your approach. It doesn't come as naturally to me just because I've right. practiced a different way. So it's like little by little I'm trying to get myself more to a place where I'm just yeah, <laughs> putting it. 
So what way is it that you would say that you've practiced? Charity said, I don't agonize. I just post. Yep. Well, I practice by doing. And I've been practicing saying what's in my brain jar in the simplest way possible. So that's like one aspect of it. Because I used to write like a novel every time I posted. And then Twitter won't let you do that. So once I was on Twitter, like I had to try and get it like, you know. Right. Shortened. Um but really, in all things, I'm trying to say things in the simplest way possible. That's like step one for me. And then if I have an idea, I guess I'm trying to post it before I talk myself out of it for one reason or another. Um, just like with everything, right? If you have an idea, just jump on it before you talk yourself out of it. I mean, the the truth is that a lot of times, like, I post before I even think about it. That's one of the reasons that there's so many misspellings in, in my stuff, because, like, I'll notice it later. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so let's read some of this. Charity <clears throat> yep. says, I don't agonize. I just post. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Charity. Adrian said, I joy again knows when I'm trying to be. I think that might have been a typo. Yep. Um, it's, I think... Uh, it becomes I whatever. agonize when I'm trying to be organized about it. Right. That, okay. Or I joy again knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wendell said no agony. Sometimes just a lot more time editing than I expect. Right. Jay said I write at least 10 times more than I post. I constantly doubt that anyone is going to find it interesting. I yeah. Like isn't that interesting? That is that is a very interesting thing. Adrian said I didn't <clears throat> proof that. Uh, <laughs> Lisa said, yep, serious overthinking posts and what all can be seen in the picture, time consuming. Got it. Valorf said, a bit of both. I overthink my videos the most. My drawings, I don't really overthink. Got it. On hand says, I don't agonize and I have a list of ideas in case I don't have something at the moment. My highest engagement has been when I just say hi to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Galefriend said, I post on Facebook miscellaneous type and include my art, but I have two Instagrams, one for art and one for fashion, and nothing else there. Gotcha, Gail. Adrian said, I agonize. Okay, Adrian had retyped that. (laughs) Jay said, I agree with Clee. I'm so focused on trying to get everyone to understand that I end up with a novel. So we're, (laughs) we're trying, me and you are on the same journey of trying to say things in the simplest way possible. Sometimes I'll allow myself to just like brain dump in a ridiculous manner where it doesn't even make sense and then like try and make something out of it from there like in a google doc right um sue said we have a shop so sometimes i agonize over the photo of a certain thing to make sure it gets eyeballs on it but i agree sometimes the random posts get the most love marty said i just post to show my work over time but it's still small or crickets yeah, I mean there is, you know, Marty, and this is something that we've talked about when it when it comes to that. Expect the crickets. Expect the crickets, but also don't forget to include your personality. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. Um <laughs> Tyler said sorry cat attack. I'm a little bit of both. Sometimes I can just post and type out what I want to say. Other times I freeze up and just throw the post out there. <laughs> I'm with you, Tyler. I and I swing. It's a pendulum, right? Jenny said, Instagram is easy, much easier as more posts went up. P.S. As long as I don't get in my head about it. Yes, that's the trick. That's the trick. Um, Adrian said, ah, Rafi's typo spirit animal. Uh, yep. <laughs> Jenny said, it's the hashtags for me. I can get tripped up on hashtags too. Sometimes I don't even use hashtags at all. And sometimes I'll do like three, but I don't try to do like more than three. I will I will say this when it comes to hashtags um 
there was a lot of a lot of uh, videos and information out there about hashtags, and they overdid it. It was like the more hashtags you had, the better. You're honestly better off just kind of like throwing a hashtag that you think is fun and relevant, and maybe one that you think is, but like keep it keep it real like simple. One, like one or two hashtags yeah. at most. In fact, the days of like just littering your page with hashtags is long since past because. Now algorithms are flagging people for that. For too many hashtags. And honestly, you got to remember, hashtags are used not necessarily to promote your stuff. They're used like if if there is a hashtag that says hashtag inspire a smile, right? And let's say that we get the rogues, uh, all the rogues, we take a day and we decide that we're going to go out there and share um, our art, do a scavenger hunt of small pieces of art. And we like organize this like worldwide thing, right? And we call it hashtag inspire a smile. And anytime you guys posted anything, you would put hashtag inspire a smile. And then if anybody found the artwork, we would have instructions on the artwork. Please post this with hashtag inspire a smile. Then you could go on there. You could look at the page that is hashtag inspire smile. And then all those posts would be on there. And that's really the best way to use hashtags, to be honest with you. It's like labels on file folders. Yeah, exactly. That's how I think of it. Um, Tish said, I no longer post on social media. I don't go there anymore, really. So I feel like a hypocrite if I post and don't read anyone else's posts. I mean, Tish, it's not about, like I've said before, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. You could do whatever the hell you want, but I I don't post for other people. I post for myself As because a I'm I'm keeping a record of my journey. But also, I know that there's people out there that want to follow that journey, that genuinely are interested in me. And and usually, it's not people that I know personally. It's mm-hmm. people that I develop a relationship with online. Think- so so that's really the the truth of it, you know. And it's it's easy to get all caught up in the social media bullshit but really you just gotta delete delete and block things that you don't want to see get rid of people listen when it comes to social media if you need to delete and block your family and friends because they think of you in one way and you're trying to present yourself as who you believe you genuinely are and you're afraid that they're going to be like well blah 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 block Block and delete them. them block and delete them I don't care who they are. Block and delete them so that you could be genuine with yourself when you post on social media. Yeah. I think at the end of the day with social media, like we've all been trained into some really destructive, toxic habits. And I think like I stick with it, um, even though some days I want to be like, I'm done. Um, because I know that it's really a matter of weeding my mind garden of those toxic habits and beliefs when it comes to social media and just really knowing that I'm in control of what I do there. Social media, I mean, that's the problem is that there's a lot of people out there selling like how to gain followers and all that stuff. And you, you see it on YouTube too. And not to say that everything like that is is discouraging or like just fake, but there's a lot of people that are desperate to become Insta famous or YouTube famous and they are looking for the hack. And so a lot of times it's like looking at the algorithm and you're like kind of chasing the algorithm and trying to figure out and there's a bunch of people out there that are talking there's there's stuff there's stuff out there that's legit. That is not going to get you to chase the algorithm. They're going to talk about the emotional value of what you're putting out there. 
But then there's stuff that's like, it just becomes work. Like I've never looked at the, the algorithm on anything, not my YouTube videos, not social media. I do not look at the algorithm. I don't care. It's not about that for me. And because it, when I do, then I get caught up in this very toxic relationship with social media. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I don't have time for that. I have art to create. I have, I have inspiration to spread. Like, I don't have time to be chasing uh, the, the, the analytics or the social media. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, like, work my way back to, like, a positive experience. And listen, if it's not a positive experience for you, then you do what you want. You do what you want. you're a grown-ass person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, this podcast, I'm going to share my opinion based on how I approach it. But, like, it, that, you know, there's two of us here, and, and we don't approach it that way. We don't approach it the same way. Right. We have very different approaches. Now, I am migrating my approach more into the Rafi realm because I feel that it's healthy for me as well. But... I mean, for me, it's a lot more fun. I just, I, it's, yeah. I've taken all the, all the, the, the bullshit that comes with sharing your stuff out there. I've taken all that expectation away and, it just makes it a lot more fun for me. I get excited looking at my social media and like scrolling back and seeing the stuff that I've done this year, you know, mm-hmm. the fixing the uh, fixing the apartment, the room upstairs for the kids or like doing an art show or just having a random day in the studio. Like I love capturing those moments and sharing them. And then there are people out there that love those moments too. They're they're living vicariously through my experience, so they're rooting for me. And I love I love being able to share that with those people and our fellow creative community like gal is saying i like to use my ig as a kind of gallery of my work i have people who really care and like to follow my journey it's so nice i love your um fashion instagram gal friend mm-hmm. um and Ginny. actually uh, mostly the rogues and like really cute nature stuff that's is, really is what, what follow. i follow yeah. and like science <laughs> stuff and i've also been more deliberately curating what i'm seeing yep when i go on there Um, Because I don't spend a lot of time on there and I don't want to see anything that's like going to make me feel bad. So um, I'm really following like the rogue community and I really do love seeing your posts when I'm posting a thing and then I check and see what y'all are doing. Kelly said, I just do it when I remember. Kelly, that's that's where I'm at, too. Sometimes I'm just too busy to post anything um, and I don't think about it. And a few days will go by and I'll be like, oh, shit, let me capture this right because i'm i'm busy doing other things that maybe i don't really want to you know i don't want to remember it so um i'm not going to post on social media every time i have a yard day if there's something extraordinary that happens on a yard day then i might post something indeed yeah jenny said my thing is that i love hashtags it feels good in my brain <laughs> like potato <laughs> chips and i can't have just one that's kind of awesome jenny like do you I think get, you should do it then do, just just keep doing what you're doing do you get the good feelings out of like thinking of which hashtags are like um applicable and clever because I do know that neat feeling of like ooh this is a really great hashtag for them. right um yeah honestly that's a pretty good problem to have I think Charity said, I have the same problem. I find all the misspellings and typos after I post, but if I don't just post, I won't post. Yeah. I've gotten to the point that, like, if it's really, like, not, you know, where it's, like, bad. Then you have the edit button. Then I'll edit. You can't edit on Twitter, though. So, like, I just leave it. I'm like, whatever. 
because I'm not going to repost this thing. Like, I don't care. But but I might re-edit on – but because I share it, a lot of times what happens is that I just share the one full of typos. And then if I'm done sharing the one full of typos and I see the typo, then I just leave it because I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to do this whole process again. Uh, On hand said, I try to show that I care about my audience, but that's only while I'm sharing what I would find interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because your audience, you know, the truth is that your audience is your people. One of, I think one of the misconceptions when it comes to putting your stuff out there is that people have this expectation of you because this is what you do, right? And I think, honestly, that's based on a lot of um, inauthenticity in trying to get popular, right? A lot of these platforms, it's like, I'm going to post this thing because it's popular, or I'm going to do these kind of videos because they're popular. And then you see people just completely burn out on it because they're they're playing a persona and then their audience, because everything is tailored towards that persona, their audience is used to that. That's what they're there for. They're not there for them. They're there for this imaginary character that they've created. And then they burn out on it and they don't want to do it anymore. And I think that a lot of us is, have taken that and think that that's the reality of it. The truth is, if you're posting the things that you love and you're just being you, then there's no acting that needs to happen. You can post anything you want. Your, your favorite food. Whatever it is that you want, as long as it's not a post, as long as you're posting it for yourself and you're not posting it because you're like, oh, I'm going to get all these likes. Because, yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. I, I basically did a post the other day where it was like, I might as well have like thrown something over my shoulder and just it stuck on Instagram. And then next thing you know, like everybody loved it. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I spent 10 minutes posting another day. Because I was like, this is going to... That's a lot for you. I know it's a lot. Everybody's going to love this. And like, it got the least amount of like responses that I've ever gotten. And and I just don't care, you know? Adrian said, I posted going bowling so people could see that I have some other interests. (laughs) Yes, that's what we call the whole person approach. The whole person, yes. To your level of comfort. For me, I think that some people just buy my jewelry because they like it. And some people just listen to our songs without knowing who we are because they just like them. But by and large, people listen to our music and buy our art and jewelry because they like us. And so because we've established relationships with our communities on YouTube and on social medias, um, then, you know, you want to buy stuff from people that you like. And you guys... So give people the opportunity to know who you are in those ways like that you like bowling. It's so it's so much better. It's just so much better to just be a whole person and be genuine. And like, essentially, like instead of looking at social media as this like place where I can market my art, it's just looking at social media as this place where like you might be able to meet some like-minded people and really your your art and what you do post is like your your way to qualify them like if they are following you um then there's got to be similarities and i'm like that's so great cuz like our community the people that we have on on social media and like our rogues and stuff man i could not there there is no way that i would have been able to curate such an amazing amazing creative group like right 
and it and honestly i think that the reason that that the rogue artist community came together the way it did was because we just didn't have time to not be real you know like it's that's a lot of work that's that's exhausting <laughs> i don't have the bandwidth or the skills for it either yeah <laughs> And, um, and because of that, we have like an amazing, an amazing group yeah, of people of that people. that are more than just they're they're our friends, you yeah. know. And like that's that's the way that I look at social media. Um, I don't look at it as just a place to promote my stuff. I want to share the stuff that I'm doing and the stuff that I'm excited about um, because I, we cultivated a group of people that might be interested in it, and that's really at the end of the day that's really where what you want to go for at least in my opinion i'm not going to tell you what to think uh hi fried fried said i'll slam the like button for that ruffy and clean <laughs> <laughs> thank you there said yeah i follow my gut and do me that's why it's important to do you no burnout if yep. you get too niche, the channel on YouTube gets stuck in a hole stuck in a hole stuck in a hole indeed nobody wants to be stuck in a hole yeah Bethy Bear says, I try to use mine just as a gallery, social media, and I can have bad relationship if I don't pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay attention because it. To how you feel. To how you, how you feel. Feeling. Oh, no. Oh, no. Feeling. See, and this is where you qualify people, right? Because like here we have a podcast. We're going to we're talking about our feelings and there's going to be people out there that are like feelings. What does that have to do with what getting kind my of mamsy pamsy bullshit is this? You know, and that's it. We just unqualified that person, and and that's great because they can go find a different podcast that doesn't talk about feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reality of it. That's why, like, I I am fine with it if something doesn't get. You know, there are times where I'll post a video on YouTube. And I'll notice that there's a subscriber decline, like people unsubscribe. And I'm like, that's fine. Because they might have found one video and thought that we were like one way and then watched another video. And then we're like, oh, I don't agree with them. And I'm like, that's great. You know, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm so childish when it comes to that. That's that's what we did when we were kids. <laughs> see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Yeah. Is this how we're ending our podcast? This is exactly how we're ending our podcast. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I want to just, um, at the end of this, what I want to say is, like, if you're feeling like your art is in a vacuum, then really you have to take a look at yourself. I'm, I'm going to get real hardcore here with um, some people because there have been some – Comments that I'll get or like questions that I'll get that it's very clear that like, all right, you know what? You're, you're the problem. <laughs> you are the problem, but you are also the solution. That's, that's the beauty of it, right? Because there will be people that's like, well, I'm not really getting a lot of traction and people don't, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really selling anything. And then in the same breath, they'll say, like, because I just don't like people. And I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. So you don't want to do this thing that you know is going to help you meet the people that are your people. But because you have this blanket statement that you don't like people, then you're basically alienating everyone. You're just alienating everyone. You're not even giving yourself the opportunity to be loved. Mm -hmm. You're not giving yourself the opportunity to make a connection. Because you are just buying into 
some blanket statement, some bullshit statement. So what do you want? What do you want from your art career? Do you want to just, I'm going to purchase a website and I'm going to post uh, random things on social media with my artwork, with no kind of story, no kind of connection, no kind of anything and see what I get out of that. And then you get really frustrated because there is no human connection there. And the reality is that selling art, selling art, selling any kind of creation, anything has to do everything with the human connection. Yeah. It really does. And at the end of the day, if you're looking at your promotion as this kind of thing that you have to do in order to be able to sell more, then you're, in my opinion, in my very humble opinion, you're looking at it wrong. If you're doing your promotion because you're like, I want to connect to at least one person that that jives with me, that is into this thing, that is like me. I want to connect to to a person that like I could have a debate with. I want to connect with people out there that might get excited about what I'm doing, but I could also get excited about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it really is so different. It's so much more fun than doing the well, I have a website and I have this and I have this and I've been putting a blog out there with all the things that you're supposed to put out there and nothing is happening and it's like that's then you're missing the point. You're missing the point. And again, then that means you're the problem. You're the one that's standing in your own way. And that's the reason that you feel like you're in a vacuum because you're not, you're not being a whole person. You got to be a whole person. Hats off. I could not have found a better way to say what you just said. I agree. And I would summarize that as let's put the social back in social media. Yeah. Right. That's what it's for. It's not called marketing media, even though everyone believes that's what it's for. It's it's really about that connection. Yeah, it's making it's making a connection with people. And, you know, marketing media, that's what they want. Facebook, Instagram, all of those. They want you to pay for marketing. They want to promote it as marketing media. Uh, marketing gurus out there that are want to sell you a course on how to, you know, become insta-famous or famous on whatever um, they're going to treat it like marketing and there is nothing that is more exhausting than marketing. That's the whole reason that my book, sure. It was about marketing, but it's mostly a book on behavioral science. Like that's, that's what my marketing book is about. It's not really about marketing. It's about breaking down, breaking down the concepts that are usually in marketing courses to its simplest reality of it's all about connection because that's really what it is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clover said, by the way, thanks for, thanks to connecting with my Cal community. I now, I'm now the official artist alley games director for SAC anime. That's Boom, awesome. Clover. That's awesome. Clover. Congratulations. Adrian said kind of hard to be an artist with any hate. Yeah. 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 That's not where we draw from. Right. <laughs> um, Zara said, I'm excited and scared at the same time, but I'm more excited than scared with people. I yeah, feel on that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's the challenge of, it's the challenge. It's easy. To me, it's a cop-out. Oh, well, I just don't like people. That's a cop-out. I'm like, that is the laziest approach to life that, I, you know, and, and I'm sorry if you are one of those people that don't like people. Well, to me, that's a really lazy approach, right? It means that you've met a lot of the wrong people. And maybe it's time to put yourself out there genuinely and not accept, not try to jump through hoops to get 
a lot of friends, but put yourself out there genuinely and only accept um, genuine people into your circle of friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tish said, you can't do things half-assed. You got to go in with your, with your full, full ass. ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to whole ass this We're thing. We're going to whole ass this thing. Mm-hmm. And in order to whole ass a thing, you got to like it. Yeah. So I'll never do marketing. No. I won't. I just won't do it. No. But I will connect with folks. And that's the thing, you guys. I've tried marketing. I've tried those things. You know, I've tried having an email list for the sake of funneling and, and like all that stuff. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It doesn't. It's not fun for me. You know, and if I'm following the analytics of like how much did I sell? I want to sell calendars. I want to sell calendars. I'm excited about selling calendars. I'm excited about selling all the calendars, right? So that I don't have a bunch of calendars just sitting there that I haven't sold. I want them to be in people's homes. And so I'm excited about the calendar. I'm excited about what it could do for someone for the entire year. So I'm going to share it as many times as I can. But if I don't sell out on the calendars, I'm not going to, it's no definition of success it just means that like okay well next year maybe i need to just kind of be more excited about it what am i going to create next year you know it's like that kind of thing like you just you got to get excited about the stuff you're doing and it's got to be fun and most of the time marketing stuff is just not fun it's not fun you know what's fun in marketing wearing a sandwich board and going around town and meeting and talking to a bunch of people and handing out flyers uh you know what's fun in marketing being excited about a show or or some new project that you're working on and really wanting to share it with, you know, your community. Mm-hmm. That's what's fun about marketing. Cameron's like, how's that 30-minute time segment going? I know, right? It's going incredibly well, Cameron. So well that we've decided to extend it today. <laughs> <laughs> Bessie Berry said, I like persons but not people. A distinction people fail to realize. I would, I would, so I'm ingesting that and I'm saying it's a bad idea in general to generalize persons as people because when you generalize persons as people, then you start to think of them in these generalized kinds of ways that breed contempt. And so everybody take a shot when Clee says generalized. I try (laughs) to not do that. I try to always think persons and never group humans together as people. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense and it really depends, you know, we're we're dealing with semantics there and that's it one is of those, semantics. It is semantics. So you got to think of it however it works for you. Because you got to think about it like in a way where if it's something where you derive pleasure from saying, yeah, I just don't like people. You know, and you've you've got this distinction set up in your brain. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's more so along the lines of people that avoid meeting new people. You know what I mean? Like that just kind of like say it as a thing. For me, I don't I don't like saying that because I know that I was very um standoffish in the past. So for me it's kind of one of those things that like I try to avoid because I know that I do have a personality that just doesn't want to deal with anybody mm-hmm. and I just want to be left alone and da 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 and all that stuff. So like I try to avoid that. Yeah. We've all been hurt and burned and let down and disappointed by a, another human at some point in our yeah. lives. Maybe multiple humans. 
I used to hide behind I don't like people because the truth was that I was afraid of people and I was afraid of getting hurt and I wanted to protect myself. And the more I put myself out there, the less afraid I became because, and I'm happy for it because to me, people are the most interesting thing. See, there we go. We just disqualified a bunch of people because we talked about our feelings again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really personally very happy to be to be not afraid of people and to be a lot less afraid of getting hurt because it's just not that easy to hurt me these days. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. we've all, we all have things that kind of color our lens when it comes to interacting with other humans. And there are things and you can choose to kind of maneuver through those and, and, and you can choose if you want to like work on those things or not. Yeah. I you mean, at, at the end of the day, like it really, it's, it, it is all feeling and emotion, right? Words get used. People, uh, words are very limited in being able to describe something because a lot of times words have different meanings, you know, emotional meanings for different people. And in that process of communication, because like with Bethy Bear, I completely agree. Like I like persons, but not people. Boom. I could be like, get it. I got it. That's that. That makes sense to me. When I think people... And, like, I agree with that. However, when I think people, I think of, like... Traffic? That's what I think of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Susan said, 30-minute time segment times two. I like it. Keep going. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, I mean traffic on the road, not internet traffic. That's that's the image that comes to mind when I think people. I think Chicago Expressway. And then I'm like, ooh, I used to have to listen to classical music when I sat in traffic. Cameron said, you guys are too funny. I dislike childish behaviors in adults, not people in general. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. I love people because I get to love them. I get to help. I get to give. I get to share. So good. Yeah. I just don't like people in cars. Traffic. (laughs) Traffic. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> be like, I just don't like people in cars in front of me. Like, or behind be me or on really, the side. Or behind me or on the side. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think that that was pretty good. I'm not sure if we really got to the heart of your art is in a vacuum. Dude, we got to so many hearts. It's but not we even get to... funny. <laughs> At the end of the day, put it out there. Uh, it's just part of the path that you're on and ruthlessly share your stuff. That's what we talked about here is ruthlessly share your stuff. And hopefully, cause I know Cindy had that question. Hopefully Cindy, we got to the heart of that. Cause I know that that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy you guys. And that's part of the, this whole damn challenge of being an artist is that like you're gonna face a lot of shit that's just not easy and and you're a champion for doing it you're a champion for getting through it you're a champion for falling on your face and picking yourself up you're a champion for getting it wrong you're a champion for getting it right i mean you're just a champion for doing it not avoiding it altogether Mm -hmm. so yeah this 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 podcast listening here you're all fucking champions that's just take that with you i was gonna say take that to the bank i know that's that you was take not... that to the bank <laughs> cashing in my brave ass mofo currency today <laughs> cindy said you did good oh thank you cindy on hand said i feel like you made the point that we have the control to move our art out of a vacuum so 
Good awesome. Talk. Yes. Thank you. That is actually a very concise way of saying it. Get thank in you. the arena. Yeah. Get in the yeah, arena. Exactly. All right. Well, um, I want to thank the rogues for being here. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome. These podcasts are always so much fun with you here and your insight and your questions and just bringing up. I feel like when we when we do this with the rogues, you get to that you you look at an issue from 360 degrees versus just that one mentality where you're staring at it and I think it's super helpful not only to everybody listening to this but to us as well. So thank you for being here. And for everybody at home listening to this, thank you guys for being here. You guys are absolutely amazing and I totally adore you. And if you like this podcast and you want to listen to more of us, we do this weekly, go ahead and click wherever it is that you are that uh, follow, or I don't know what platform you're listening to this on. So whatever you need to do to follow us, we're here every week. So go ahead and do that. And other than that, I would say it's time to say goodbye. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Adios.